AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AOA. Thank you for joining us as we kick off a new week. appreciate you letting us be part of your day. My thanks to Mike Pearson for sitting in for me last week while I was on vacation. We have lots to talk about today, a lot of weather to talk about. Rain, severe weather moving across the country over the weekend. We'll talk with John Baranek, DTN meteorologist. We'll get uh, a look at harvest and markets with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net and always look forward to our conversations with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley who will join us for a Washington update. That's all coming up on today's show. Speaking of Washington DC, that's where we find Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Mike. It's a beautiful day in our nation's capital, so I'm glad to be here, and uh, what a great time, too, to try to figure out what's going to be in these final infrastructure packages. Yeah, let's talk about uh, this latest uh, proposal on the spending bill, so all kinds of meetings in over the weekend, and, and maybe they're going to take it from $3.5 trillion down to, well, bare bones, down to $2 trillion. <laughs> I mean, where are we yeah. on this thing now? Well, it is going to be a scaled-down package, whether it's 1.5 that Senator Joe Manchin originally wanted or closer to 2, we don't know yet. Uh, as you referenced, both uh, Senator Manchin and uh, Leader Schumer met with President Biden over the weekend, so I'm sure there is a lot of deal-cutting being done. And then, of course, it still has to be something that can get agreement in the House, and Speaker Pelosi said over the weekend also that they think they're 90% there. So there's a lot of, of moving parts. Obviously, um, so many of the programs that the Progressive Caucus within the Democrats really wanted are either going to be scaled back or removed altogether. For example, it sounds like uh, the free community colleges are off the table now, but it does look like there'll still be some tax increases, but other than a increase across the board. It's going to be targeted at uh, some sort of a wealth tax. And Mike, I'm not sure if this is going to be constitutional when it's all said and done, but I'm sure they're going to try to make sure that they can find a way to capture more revenue from the super wealthy. The way it's being defined right now is those with more than $1 billion in wealth or those who earn more than $100 million for three consecutive years. So I think most farmers we know will stay out of that category. Uh, but um, whether or not some of these ag provisions stay in is still the big question. Uh, we think that those would very likely to be something like a, a cover crop payment or something that will address climate change in the ag provisions and probably also some sort of a plus up on the food side of the farm bill. But maybe some of those longer term things on the wish list like big investments in research, I'm not sure if those will still stay in or not. Uh, you mentioned the paying for it by taxing the, the super rich. That sounds fine and dandy to those of us that aren't super rich, but I've seen a lot of reports and stories. The numbers really don't seem to add up that those taxes, just taxing them alone, can't really pay for all of this, can it? No, there's going to have to be more. And, uh, you know, the devil's always in the details when you start looking at these things. And I'd be shocked, just absolutely shocked, if there aren't some other things that we haven't quite thought of yet <laughs> that are going to end up in this final package. But um, the one thing that we always have seen for those that are very, very rich is that they also have very, very good accountants who find ways to harbor a lot of that income, uh, some of it overseas. So um, I don't think we're going to get all the way there. But uh, that seems to be the, the talking point focus for now is uh, where they're going to target because Kirsten Sinema, the senator from Arizona, has uh, said she will not go along with across-the-board corporate tax increases. I think the other thing that I know I'm concerned about, I think a lot of other people are concerned about, the things they're talking about in that spending bill, whether you agree or don't agree with them, like them or don't like them, they don't really seem to address the immediate needs of the country, which right now are supply chain issues and inflation and, and a lot of these issues that are really impacting all of us. And I don't see this, if anything, 
it's it's more government spending in inflationary times, which many economists say is the wrong thing to do. Uh, I don't see where it addresses immediate needs in the country. Well, you hit on something that's been showing up in recent polls, and that is that most Americans are worried about jobs, and if they have a job, where's the rest of the workforce? And if they are getting a pay increase, they're seeing a lot of that increased pay going away because everything they're buying is more expensive. And as we reported last week in farm country, you know, it's all up and down the, the supply chain, whether it's parts, whether it's fertilizer, whether it's crop chemicals. And there's these inflationary pressures, there's supply chain disruptions, and you're absolutely right. Bills that are addressing those problems are still sitting on the back burner. Uh, so what we've got is an infrastructure package that has been ready to go and has been sitting in the House since August uh, with 1.2 on infrastructure and now uh, potentially an agreement on another $2 trillion. Uh, and in the meantime, all those other efforts to try to get rid of some of the immediate problems are just sitting on the wayside. Frustrating. Uh, I saw this story while I was on vacation last week. Um, Ag production is not keeping up with demand worldwide. What's what's uh, the latest on that? So every year at the World Food Prize, there's a gap analysis that's done, and uh, that really looks at global agricultural productivity. And what it found was is that we're just not keeping up uh, in terms of trying to meet what's happening with growing world demand basically falling behind. Part of that is because of things that are attributed to climate change, but also part of it is is that we've got technology that can be ready and, and uh, available to try to address some of these issues, and we're not getting it through the approval process. We're sitting for years sometimes and trying to get some of these new trades authorized and other countries so that they can be exported and so as a, as a result they're not being approved uh, and, and utilized in, in this country or in some of the places around the globe where uh, you know gene editing could be a major part of the solution so that gap report was released in conjunction with the world food prize and basically saying you know we're growing at an annual rate of 1.36 percent the rate that's needed is 1.73. Now, maybe that doesn't seem like a big gap to you, but when you look at this and multiply it all around the globe, it's a big concern. Mm. That is interesting, and and when you look at it from a global perspective, it uh, it is eye-opening. All right, Sarah, it should be an interesting week. Uh, we look forward to the reporting you and your staff have on the events uh, that should unfold this week uh, on the, the spending bills and where we go from here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It'll be a busy and I think a really good week to figure out what's uh, at the bottom of all these packages. Yeah, very good. Thank you. And we look forward to hearing uh, Senator Grassley's thoughts on these uh, bills coming up a little bit later on as well. Well, lots of weather to talk about. Uh, A lot of rain, a lot of stormy weather moving across the country. Uh, Some areas that really needed it got rain. Some got a lot of rain, too much rain. Uh, in some cases, so we've got a lot to break down with John Baranek, DTM meteorologist, and what's ahead for this week as we look ahead also to the next week into the month of November. All that coming up next here on AOA. AOA is brought to you by Cenex Matron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils, oils that run smart. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at adspipe.com. 
About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a dryer filled with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel costs. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. Why do I plant NK seeds? Because every seed's an investment, and I don't gamble on my farm. Out here, every seed's got to earn its acre. That's why I need corn and soybeans that deliver the results I expect. And it's why I always make room for elite performers from NK. Because every investment owes me a return, and success matters. Find your local NK retailer at nkseeds.com retailer. I've been farming my whole life. I don't need somebody to come out here and state the obvious. I don't need anybody to explain my farm to me. My local co-op works with CHS, and they know what I need when I need it. A global network of support. Local expertise. And valuable market options. We need a co-op that's here for us. So we can own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. You are not your diagnosis. A medical chart is not your identity. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage. An advocate for hope. You are not alone. Because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding. We're fighting macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, Usher syndrome, and the entire spectrum of blinding retinal diseases. We fund. We fight. We win. We, 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 we are, are the, the Foundation, Foundation Fighting, fighting blindness. blindness. Together, we are fighting blindness. Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist John Baranek. John, a lot to talk about here. Late October, we have a lot of severe weather, heavy rains in some places. Uh, kind of break it down for us what we've been seeing these last couple of days. Yeah, so we've really got two storm systems that have really been affecting here. Uh, the first one here we'll talk about is that what happened across the Midwest this weekend. We saw some widespread, moderate to heavy rainfall across a good portion of the Corn Belt. Uh, a little bit more widespread, I think, with the heavy rain than we were ex expecting. Um, but a lot of areas from uh, Iowa down through Missouri, points eastward through the Corn Belt, saw over an inch of rain. And uh, a good portion of this from southern Iowa into northern Missouri and east into Indiana saw two to four inches of rain. So we had some, uh, some pretty widespread moderate to heavy rainfall over the weekend across the eastern Corn Belt and uh, likely causing some uh, significant delays and, and hazards here for all of us that have yet to harvest. The second system here is what's happening uh, going on over the west, and we saw uh, what we refer to as a bomb cyclone, or really just a, a really quickly developing low-pressure center that produced a whole lot of heavy rainfall and flooding across northern California. Um, lots of four to six-inch amounts across the valleys, but we got 10 or so inches of rainfall up in the mountains, and you know they've had a lot of wildfires out there. There's burn scars everywhere, and um, the rainfall doesn't soak into the ground there. It just kind of runs off, and they get mudslides and causing all kinds of uh, issues with that. So Northern California is getting it right now, and that's the system we're looking at that will come through later this week. Yeah, let's uh, as we come back to the Midwest, I'm, I'm sitting in a part of Illinois that had about five inches of rain over the weekend. I mean, just and and some severe weather as well. So, is this moving on out now? Is it or is it uh, we're going to see more of this? 
Yeah, it's starting to. So uh, it has out of the western corn belt and central corn belt for sure. Illinois is uh, almost clear here. Uh, right now we got showers from Indiana, Michigan, eastward. That'll continue here for the rest of today. It'll be out tonight. Uh, we'll still get some moderate rainfall out of those states yet, so uh, we're still having some issues out that way. And a little bit of severe weather is still possible here from Ohio and, and Kentucky, kind of eastward into the mid-Atlantic. Um, pretty much a wind threat with that. What we saw over the weekend, we saw some several tornadoes and, and some wind reports here across Missouri and Illinois. So, um, yeah, some some uh, se- severe weather to deal with as well. So, you know, you get flooding, you get some winds. That's the other thing with this too is is the winds on the backside of the system. So we'll be a little bit breezy here today across kind of Illinois and the surrounding areas. Uh, wind gusts of the 35 to 45 mile an hour range won't help things either. So wet that in some places with harvesting still to be done, they may have to wait till it freezes and, and gets firm enough uh, to get out there and, and finish up. Uh, what, are our, what are the temperatures looking like for the next uh, several days? Well, not too terrible, to be honest. Temperatures here across the eastern Corn Belt kind of be in the 50s. Uh, across the north and 60s across the south. So, you know, it's pretty typical for uh, or a little bit above normal here for this point of the year. Uh, temperatures I don't think will be an issue. Um, it'll probably help to drain a little bit, but, you know, it's not the 70s and 80s anymore. We can't really dry things out quickly. It's going to be a much slower process. And especially as we're talking about that western system moving in and bringing more rainfall in here later this week, um, it'll be at least another week uh, until we can get out into the fields. And for some places, like you've noted here, that have gotten the heavy rainfall and we'll get another round of heavy rainfall, um, we may have to wait quite a bit. Yeah, sounds like it's going to take a while. We're talking with John Baranek, DTM meteorologist. So, John, we're into this week. We uh, we turn the page to November. What's that look like? Yeah, so after this next system moves through, we're going to bring another inch uh, across um, the country here from Minnesota down to Missouri, probably a little bit less as you get into uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, uh, but it's still annoying rainfall. But once we get to uh, the 1st of November here, we're actually going to see a nice cold shot of, of air coming down from Canada. Uh, temperatures here are going to be falling quite rapidly starting next week um, across the Great Lakes, most, much, much of the Corn Belt, really. We'll see highs there getting into the 30s, which is, you know, not not fun for this time of year, uh, especially if we get some precipitation with that because it could come in the form of some snow. Um, obviously, models are, you know, kind of wrestling with how much cold air and when to match that up with the precipitation. So um, it's hard to say if we'll get any accumulating snow out of any significant portions of the eastern Corn Belt on top of the soaking wet uh, soils we have right now. So... Uh, we'll have to wait and see over the course of the next few days to see if anything lines up. But, um, yeah, it's going to be cold here early portions of November. It looks like it's going to be brief, at least this shot, just a few days. Um, but our models and our long-range forecasting team is talking about several chances here of seeing colder plunges of air moving down from Canada uh, through the month of November. So we can get that to line up with some precipitation events too, which looks like we're going to be above normal for precipitation here for the month of November. Those still yet to harvest might have to fight off some snow. So you might be right on uh, waiting, the ground, waiting for the ground to freeze to get out there. Let's go back to uh, the, the West Coast situation out in California where it's been so dry. As you mentioned, these rains... Uh, causing some problems just because of uh, the runoff and the mudslides and things like that. But overall, is it uh, helping uh, replenish some of that dry land that's, uh, you know, those dry conditions they've had for so long? When you're that dry, any rain is good. And, um, you know, already Northern California has seen probably four, five, six inches of rainfall. Uh, it's now moving through kind of the central areas here. And besides the flooding, they're still getting inches of rainfall, which is good. Now, this is their typical kind of start to their wet season anyway, um, you know, as opposed to where we are east of the Rockies. West of the Rockies, they get most of their precipitation actually during the cool season or the, you know, basically late fall through early spring. And so, you know, they're, they're getting it. Uh, it will definitely be helpful. Um, especially in, in, in California here where it has been so dry for uh, the last couple of years. Um, but they're going to need a heck of a lot more to, to, to really get things going for them. Up in the Pacific Northwest where we've been, you know, kind of worried uh, last, 
The last season's worth of wheat has been terrible up there. Uh, conditions just totally were degraded throughout the entire season. Um, you know, they've gotten some pretty decent rainfall over the weekend. Uh, it hasn't been very heavy like it has been in California, but it's been decent enough to at least keep conditions from getting worse in terms of drought. Um, we'll also get uh, a little bit more rainfall here, uh, with some snow in the higher elevations through the beginning half of this week before they turn a little bit drier uh, to start November. But uh, the rainfall out there has been, you know, again, it's, it's been really dry, so anything they get is, is beneficial. Whether or not that's going to uh, set up the winter wheat crop with good conditions here before dormancy is kind of uh, questionable, but it, it won't hurt. And South America, how are they looking? South America, you know, we've been talking about it that they, the central Brazil has really been uh, pretty good here, and they've kind of shifted towards a La Nina-type pattern. Uh, and what I mean by that is usually in, you know, it's our fall, so down there it's their spring. And their spring during the La Nina year is typically dry in Argentina and southern Brazil. And they started kind of getting into that over the last couple of weeks. That looks like that's going to continue this week as well. They got some good showers over the weekend, but that's brief. They're going to have another four or five days' worth of dryness before they get some more isolated showers coming towards the end, later half of the week and end of the weekend. Um, you know, the, the isolated nature isn't really going to be good for those folks out in Argentina. So we're continuing to have dry issues over Argentina. But in Brazil, it's actually looking quite nice. Uh, their planning progress is well ahead of schedule. And uh, things are actually looking really good for them, considering it a La Nina year. Usually they have uh, more hazards to deal with during La Nina than the, what they've seen so far. All right, so again, uh, just recapping for those that still have harvesting to do, it sounds like it, they may have to wait a while. Unfortunately, it does look like we have to wait a while. The, the rainfall already has caused some issues, and it looks like we're going to get more here for the last half of this week. And then we're going to get cold temperatures moving in starting in November. So, yeah, it's going to be a rough go for those yet to harvest. All right, so... Fortunately, most of it's done, but uh, that doesn't help if you still got some out there to do and you want to get out there. It looks like uh, it may be a little while. All right, John, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you. All right, thanks, Mike. Have a great week. You too, DTN meteorologist John Baranek. So more wet weather here at the end of October, and then uh, we get ready for the colder come next week when we turn that calendar. Hard to believe we'll turn it to November next week. All right, up next, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Anxious to hear what he has to say about the, the spending bill. Supposedly, their Democrats are close to getting it put together. One and a half to two trillion dollars now. Do we really know what's in this? And how's it going to be paid for? And what happens with infrastructure? We'll get to the thoughts of Senator Grassley on all this coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. AOA is brought to you by Cenex Matron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils, oils that run smart. So you're saying I could save some money now by bundling my crop protection products, but I'd miss out on the 5 to 15 bushels per acre advantage from Acuron Herbicide? Mm-hmm. And the 4 bushel advantage Saltro Seed Treatment has over Olivo Seed Treatment? Yeah. And the 18 and a half bushels per acre advantage from Travipro Fungicide? Yep. So the bundle deal isn't really all that much of a deal, is it? Nope. Better yield is the better deal. Talk to your retailer or Syngenta rep to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at adspipe.com. 
You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. Commodities are developing again to start out this week with wheat leading the grain complex in gains this morning, but soybeans are right there with them. Solid front end bean volume remains and core not far behind as fertilizer prices skyrocket and 2022 acreage concerns linger. On the Board of Trade this morning, December corn trading a penny lower at 537, the March contract down a penny at 545 and three quarters. For soybeans, the November contract up seven and a fraction at 12.27 and a half cent. The January contract up seven and a half cent at 12.38 and a fraction of a cent. For wheat, Chicago wheat December up two at 7.58. Kansas City wheat December up a fraction at 7.74. Minneapolis spring wheat December up six and three quarters at 10.19 and three quarters. The March contract up seven and a half cent at 9.96. Cattle futures fell on Friday in anticipation of a negative cattle on feeder report, suffering mostly triple digit losses. However, such was not the case, which may bring a rebound today. October 1st on feed numbers were 99% of last year, slightly below the average trade estimate of 99.3%. Placements were 97% of a year ago compared to the average trade estimate of 101.4%. Marketings were 97% compared to the average trade estimate of 97.2. December live cattle trading $1.80 higher at 130.12. The February contract up $1.67 at 135.17. Feeder cattle, November up 242 at 159.32, January up $2.40 at 159.72. In lean hogs, the December contract trading 47 cents higher at 73.80, February up 15 at 76.72. In the outside markets, the Dow is up 27 points, the NASDAQ composite up 52, the S&P 500 up 5, the U.S. dollar index is trending higher. You're listening to AOA, I'm Kirsten Rall. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And we always look forward to our conversations with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley, who joins us now. Senator, thanks for being with us. I'm always happy to be with you. If you call me more often, I'll be with you more often. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about where we are or where the Democrats are, I guess, with this spending bill, because I, I, from what I hear, the Republicans have been left out of the talks on this, so now they're talking one and a half to two trillion. Are you hearing anything on this? Uh, any details on it? I'm I'm hearing that uh, they're going to go after a wealth tax, and Cinema has objected to increasing the marginal tax rates and things of that nature. And uh, it's good news that she has taken a strong position against changing a lot in the uh, in the. Uh, uh, 2017 tax bill that Republicans passed, and you're absolutely right. Republicans have not been in the rooms, whether it's on Capitol Hill or down at the White House. This is entirely discussions going on within the Democrat caucus, and they expect to pass it with just uh, Democrat votes if they get to the point where they do, and I hope that they don't get to that point, because in this time of inflation, we shouldn't be spending another $4 trillion. Do you know, do any of us know really what's in this bill that they're proposing? We don't know the exact language, but we know it deals with uh, free two years of community colleges. 
expanding Obamacare, uh, putting people on Medicare uh, uh, at age 60 instead of 65, uh, it, uh, and uh, things of that nature. Also, uh, uh, pre-kindergarten uh, through 12th grade instead of, uh, in other words, uh, uh, in other words, we're going to start kindergarten at three instead of uh, at five and uh, things of that nature. Some people will like those things, some people won't, but I keep coming back to the fact none of those things really address the problems that are most pressing for our country right now. Inflation, supply chain issues, jobs, things like that. I, I don't see any of that really addressing the or bringing any urgency to the uh, the issues we are dealing with right now. In fact, when it comes to inflation, I think I've quoted to you before, Larry Summers, former Democratic Secretary of Treasury, spoke in January, again in April, again in August, and uh, and then was on TV a couple weeks ago saying that you shouldn't uh, spend what adds up to $6 trillion. So that's $2 trillion already appropriated in March on a party-line vote, and then $4 trillion coming up with this package that they're putting together now. Let's get back to how they're planning on paying for it. They keep talking about uh, taxing the rich, but uh, the numbers don't seem to add up there that they can't tax enough to really pay for this, can they? No, they can't. And I don't know where they're going to get the rest of the money. But uh, so far, you heard me say earlier in this program that Cinnamon of Arizona had said we're not going to increase the corporate tax rate or the individual tax rates. So they're going to something called the wealth tax, where for presumably just a thousand billionaires, not uh, the rest of the public, but they're going to have you figure out how much your uh, portfolio has increased uh, year over year. You're going to pay a tax on that increase. Now, when you when you lose money in the stock market, are they going to let you get some of that money back? I doubt it. You know, you've been in politics a long, long time. We've You've heard, and we've all heard, some pretty outlandish statements by politicians. But when you hear a, a proposal like this described as it's paid for, it's not going to cost anything. How do you react to a comment like that? There's nothing free coming out of Congress. Nothing free. In other words, it's going to be paid for one of two ways. Either taxing people more or... Uh, going to uh, put it on our children and grandchildren to pay by borrowing money. And really, with inflation, we're already being taxed because everything costs us more now. Uh, 5.4% more, and it's going to get worse, and it's not transitional, as the Federal Reserve Board and Secretary of Treasury Yellen wants you to believe that it's transition By the end of this year, it'll be going back to 2%. It's going to last well into 2022 and maybe even beyond that. We could be in for a spell of inflation like we had in the 70s and 80s when uh, inflation got to 14% and interest rates got to 17%. Mm. Let's hope that doesn't happen again, but uh, it's, it's certainly possible. We're talking with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. So if they get this spending bill through, whether it's one and a half or two trillion or whatever it is, uh, then... What happens with the infrastructure bill? Does it finally get voted on, too? Uh, it, it should be voted on October 31st, regardless of what happens to this. But there are about 100 Democrats in the House of Representatives say they won't vote for the roads and bridges bill uh, until they get this other one worked out. So maybe it won't pass on October 31st, but it ought to. It was supposed to pass on September uh, 24th, I believe, or 25th, something like that. And uh, and the, this group of Democrats told Pelosi that they're not going to vote for the uh, for for the uh, other for that infrastructure bill until they get this other worked out. Now, whether the two have to pass simultaneously or separately, I don't know. But you understand, uh, all Republicans are voting against this uh, four and two tenths trillion dollar bill that they want you to believe is only going to be $2 uh, billion, but, uh, or $2 trillion. But uh, let me tell you how that works. So instead of having a 10-year budget window, 
they'll they'll sunset this stuff at uh, three, four years, and then when you, Congress gets back three or four years from now, people say, well, we, we've already got these programs uh, set up. You can't shut them down. So effectively, whether it's uh, $1.5 trillion or $2 trillion, it's still going to add up to that four and two tenths trillion, and that's only a ten-year figure. These programs go on forever. We usually hear how CB, CBO uh, has has looked at this and what they're saying about it, but they haven't, have they? Because there isn't really a bill for them to look at. That's right. They can't do it until it's all put together. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to say CBO is not working on parts of it, but until you get the final language. There can't be a figure on what the cost is until they get the entire bill. Yes. Now, where are we with the debt limit issue? That's that the can got kicked down the road a little further, but eventually that has to be addressed. Through December the third, and uh, I, I assume it's going to be addressed about the same time we get the uh, final appropriation bill to get us through government funding until September thirtieth, twenty twenty-two. Any projections or predictions on how it'll go this time? I mean, uh, uh, at some point, you can't kick that can any farther, right? No, no, you can't. Although, in a sense, it's uh, do you kick the can down like we did this time six weeks, or do you kick the can down the road six uh, years? Because you never know what uh, the debt limit's going to be six years from now. So do you do it for two years, three years, four years, however long? But Congress has been... Uh, dealing with debt limits since uh, World War One. Before World War One, Congress might deal with saying we're going to borrow X number of dollars in June and then make the same decision again in December. But in World War One, they decided we need to do uh, do this once and for all for a period of time. So since World War One, we've been uh, in the process we're in right now. I want to talk uh, quickly about biofuels. I mean, obviously, the push by this administration is towards electric vehicles. Uh, do you feel that biofuels are, are getting left out in this push? Uh, definitely. It's not in here. But there's a little bit of good news. If you heard it from ADM this morning, they're going to convert their ethanol plants to making uh, making aviation fuel. And uh, and that's uh, that's something we ought to be doing regardless of whether we have EV vehicles or not. And I think that this administration's hope of getting electric vehicles on the road uh, massively by 2030 is a pipe dream. But let's say they did it. That would ruin the ethanol industry. So m- maybe some of this can be made up by uh, producing aviation gas. And that's what the ADM announced this morning they're going to do in at least in Cedar Rapids, maybe some of their other locations as well. And real quick, because you've been very involved in the the cattle market and the uh, reporting issue, um, do you like the the bill, the contract library bill? Uh, I like the the principle of a contract. Uh, There's other things in that bill that haven't been worked out yet between uh, Fisher and me and Hopefully they'll get worked out so we can have one bill going so when we get the livestock marketing uh, uh, reporting bill up uh, for a long-term reauthorization, we can put this language in it. All right. Senator, are you done harvesting on the Grassley farm? Uh, we have finished beans as of Saturday. You know, we did the first half of beans a month ago, and then the rest of them were so tough. It must have been that same way with a lot of beans because I saw a lot of beans that were going out in the last two weeks. We finished Saturday. Well, we've got about a third of our corn crop done at this point. All right, Senator. Always great to talk with you. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Pretty rare that you can talk to a senator and ask him him or her about uh, harvest on the farm because uh, you don't get that very much in Congress these days. All right, up next, we'll talk harvest, harvest delays, markets with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net next on AOA. AOA is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. 
Diesel that doesn't mess around. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Head to toe, everything's changed. Head to toe. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Why do I plant NK seeds? Because every seed's an investment, and I don't gamble on my farm. Out here, every seed's got to earn its acre. That's why I need corn and soybeans that deliver the results I expect. And it's why I always make room for elite performers from NK. Because every investment owes me a return, and success matters. Find your local NK retailer at nkseeds.com retailer. When it comes to protecting your investment in fuel and diesel-powered equipment, Diesel X Gold from FS clearly beats other diesel fuels. New detergents disperse contaminants to prevent sludge that plugs filters and causes unexpected downtime. And now, better moisture handling chemistry helps ensure your fuel stays dry, reducing microbial growth and fuel line freeze-ups. So when you're deciding what fuel to use, choose Diesel X Gold, absolutely the best fuel to power and protect your diesel equipment. Contact your local FS Energy Specialist today or visit GoFurtherWithFS.com. This Movember, here's to mustaches in all their glory. To the first peach fuzz ones, the lopsided ones, the unexpectedly sexy ones, to the black, brown, and red ones, to the stately salt and pepper ones, to the ones grown by the men we love, the ones grown for the men we love, those with us today and those never forgotten. A mustache in Movember is a powerful thing. It helps raise funds and awareness for men's mental health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer, and testicular cancer. So rally your crew, friends, family, co-workers, and take on Movember together. And there are plenty of ways to get involved in Movember, even if you can't grow a mustache. Help us change the face of men's health. Go to Movember.com and let's get this hairy party started. That's Movember with an M as in mustache.com. Movember is a registered 501c3 organization. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system, from global market access to local expertise. We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. 
Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. AOA is brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's go to East Central Illinois where Matt Bennett with agmarket.net is at. And how much rain did you get, Matt? We had about an inch and a half right in here. You get very far north of me and it, it picked up significantly, but we still had more than enough, that's for sure. We had about five uh, west of you over here in west central Illinois. Mm-hmm. I Pretty wet. That. I actually had a, my neighbor, I was over there for a baseball tournament on Sunday and said Jacksonville was just absolutely deluged. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's no question that most of Illinois is going to be on standstill for quite some time. And I think that it's definitely going to be a, a bad situation, I, I think, for yields. Compared to what we would have been harvesting this past week, I think what we're going to harvest from here forward, uh, it's going to be uh, definitely going to take a hit. How much harvest is done in your area? Uh, there's a lot of harvest done, but there's a fair amount of soybeans and corn out in the field still, uh, more than what I'd like to see. Uh, fortunately, we got done. Uh, we we just finished on Friday. Uh, we were pushing pretty hard last week, you know, just due to what, what they were calling for as far as rain was concerned. But uh, there's a lot of beans out in the field. And I think part of the reason for that is producers were going after corn because, you know, plant health wasn't all that great. And so, you know, now you're dealing with uh, beans, uh, you know, uh, we cut some beans for people over the weekend just to try to help them out and uh you know we were seeing a lot of beans uh, shattering popping out and um you know it's just it's going to be a little bit tougher especially going through the mud yeah based on the forecast we're hearing this could take a while to finish this harvest yeah i i, I don't know some people may have to wait on the freeze unfortunately i it's just uh they're not they're not talking about a good run of weather anytime soon so it's very concerning, and, uh, you know, I, I sure feel for people that's got a lot of crop out in the field, and you don't have to drive any very far in any direction, and you see fields, you know, on both sides of the road, and it's unfortunate, but uh, definitely going to be a situation that's going to need monitoring. I know that a lot of folks that were trying to harvest on Saturday uh, were struggling to get the beans below 15 16%. Uh, but at the same time, if you're looking at a three-inch rain, you know, what do you do? And so I, I know a lot of uh, elevators are trying to work with producers a little bit, and I sure take my hat off to those people that did that uh, uh, because I think we're all, uh, you know, trying to trying to fight this thing together. All right. What about market reaction to this? You know, beans uh, being up this morning certainly is not surprising. I, I think that uh, when you look at the two crops, I think beans, uh, relatively speaking, on a percentage basis, is probably going to take a little bit more of a hit on final acres that uh, need to be harvested. And I think that the weather uh, that we saw over the weekend certainly is playing in. Uh, you look at corn, it's really not doing much. Corn's kind of been the star of late. Last week, you know, corn picked up double-digit gains, whereas beans, you know, barely etched out any, any gain at all. So, you know, I think that uh, the corn market uh, seems to be supported. And I think overall, you know, the whole situation with corn, it's pretty tough to get super bearish. I mean, considering the fact that uh, carryout's tight uh, on both corn and beans. But when you look at corn, you know, trying to come up with big acreage numbers with input costs where they're at, you know, uh, it takes quite a bit of uh, creativity, especially if we're going to have this wet of a, of a, of a harvest time frame in fall window. I tell you what, in the eastern Corn Belt, I don't know how much anhydrous is going to get on, but I don't think it's going to be much. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. What are you hearing from farmers about concerns over input price and availability? You know, I think, to be honest, the, the concern is more to do with availability than it is with price. Of course, nobody wants to pay... Uh, you know, $1,200 for anhydrous, but if uh, uh, December 22 corn's trading 535 on the board or in that neighborhood, uh, there's no doubt that you can probably pay more for anhydrous than you're used to paying. Now, most producers had some of this locked in for this fall, uh, but the problem is if you don't get it applied by December 31st, you lose your locked-in price on anhydrous. So I think most of the dry will get spread, of course, uh, but the problem is anhydrous. And so, uh, you know, if you don't get the anhydrous on, you lose that price. The current spot market for anhydrous is $1,200 and above, depending on which market you're in. Uh, but, you know, talks of $1,500 anhydrous for spring, 
have started to circulate. So it's certainly a concern. I think the problem is going to be your logistical issues on whether you can get anhydrous to everyone that needs it and when they need it. Because, you know, if you don't have a good fall run, then that's just going to strain the system, uh, you know, in a way that we haven't seen before. So uh, there's a lot of concern. But, again, I'd say the concern's more with availability than what it is with the price. Yeah, because we were looking not that long ago. It looked like uh, get, we'll get this harvest wrapped up and have a nice window for fall field work. But, well, that's changed uh, big time with this weather system that's moved through. Yes, it's changed uh, in a major way, and it, it certainly has changed the landscape of the discussion. You know, I, I've been talking about this the last two to three weeks, that we really need a good fall run on anhydrous, and if we don't get that, I could see uh, not only price uh, uh, change, first of all, but second of all, just planning intentions. And so whenever you look at producers that, you know, have had what I would call a record soybean crop in a lot of parts of the Midwest, you know, if you're harvesting, uh, whatever, 70, 80 bushel beans, you know, and you're you're still selling them about twelve dollars. You know, you're pushing thousand dollar gross on beans. It's pretty tough for uh, me to think that a producer is not going to strongly consider, you know, maybe a little heavier bean rotation, especially with the issues we've got with input. So it's not just price and it's not just availability. It's you know what the competing factors. Whether you're talking beans, wheat, cotton, you know, everybody's trying to get acres this year. Yeah, pushing. If we lose the fall window and pushing everything to next spring, that uh, that may as you said, kind of push those decisions maybe towards beans. Yes, I think that if you don't, uh, if we don't see a major reversal in fortune on weather here soon, I think that you're going to struggle to get 90 million acres this next spring. Uh, I really do. And, and so uh, because I just think logistically it's going to be really hard. Now, one way that you could see that happen is if you get a rally in the board price to where producers just can't afford not to get as creative as possible, you know, and get those uh, acres in the ground. Because, you know, let's say you have a $6 spring insurance price, you know, that's that's a that's a absolute winner for everyone that I know, and they would try to get those acres in the ground. But uh, I tell you what, it's going to be a very interesting next few months. Sure will. A lot of uh, interesting decisions, big decisions, and um, now increasingly difficult decisions. Good to talk with Thank you, Matt. You. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. Take care. Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. All right, that wraps it up for today. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have a great day. Join us again tomorrow right here on AOA. AOA is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. These acres you've put your life into. Your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online.